It was always 43 minutes. 43 miserable, grinding minutes. 43, not 45 or 40, but 43. That number was unrelenting. What did that number mean? 43 is the number of minutes it took Derek Sivers, author and noted entrepreneur, to ride the bike path near his home in Santa Monica, California. It was 25 miles to Marina del Rey and back. The path was mostly sand and it offered spectacular views of the Pacific Ocean on one side and the Santa Monica Mountains on the other. With 281 days of sunshine, just imagine that, I, I can't, I can't. With 281 days of sunshine, almost every day was a perfect day for a bike ride. Once his tire hit that path, he would tap his stopwatch his head would go down, he would grip the handlebars, and he would push as hard as he could, just red-faced huffing it all the way, he says. And every time, every time, he clocked at 43 minutes. We began 2020 with a sermon series entitled Seven Decisions, a Study of the Apostles. First, we met Andrew, who, after meeting Jesus, ran to his, get his brother Peter, and he tugged on his sleeve and said, We have found the Messiah. You've got to come meet him. The first decision we can make to bring about our best new year in 2020 is to Choose to tell somebody what we know, to bring them to Jesus. We next met Nathaniel, whose life was transformed when he sensed that he was known by Jesus. His story prompted us to ask what changes we might make to our lives if we truly believe that Jesus knows us. Then we spent time with the Apostle Matthew, who had the reputation of having a singular focus on money. We considered how Jesus might be inviting us to quit something, to walk away from a bad habit, a relationship, even a profession, anything that pulls us away from following him. Last week, we considered Judas, perhaps the most famous of all disciples, sadly, for a betrayal. His pride, his ambition clouded his vision. He needed to clear his windshield, as Mark told us last week. Today, we meet James and John they were brothers, sons of Zebedee, who owned a fishing fleet. 
They had grown up on boats and knew the difference between the local catch of a sardine and a carp. They knew how to tie knots, and they could tell the time by the placement of the sun in the sky. I've always been interested in learning those nicknames the presidents and their wives receive. They're usually released after they leave the White House by, social, by the secret security. Perhaps you know some of these. Harry Truman was called Rover, and his wife, Bess, was Sunnyside. Dwight Eisenhower was given the title Scorecard, and his wife, Mamie, was Springtime. JFK was called Lancer, and his wife, Jackie, was Lace. Gerald Ford was referred to as Paskey, and his wife, Betty, as Pinafore. Jesus apparently stands in that lineage of those who assign nicknames, often revealing something insightful about that person. And in the Gospel of Mark, we are told that the brothers James and John were also known as Sons of Thunder. Now, one does not just receive that kind of nickname. It must be earned. Perhaps you, too, know someone who brings rumble as they enter the room. Someone who attracts a palpable electricity in the air. At times, it's a low vibration that rattles the window panes, and at other times, it's jarring clap as they enter the room. Regardless, their entrance always comes announced, leaving us anxiously wondering, what is next? The number 43 bothered Sivers every time he got on that bike path. It never budged. Not once. Not after all the effort and misery he put into those rides. Twelve and a half miles there, twelve and a half miles back. Forty-three minutes was as fast as he could go. He writes that over time, though he was surrounded by arguably that one of the most beautiful vistas in the entire world, he was feeling less and less excited about getting on his bike. It was just a lot of hard work. As he set out one evening, he thought, why don't I just chill. I'll go half my normal pace. Can you guess what happened? Can you guess how many minutes it took him to ride that path? We catch a glimpse of how James and John earned their nicknames in the passage Jim just read. 
Much like the presidential candidates have sent advanced teams into New Hampshire and South Carolina, Jesus sent messengers into Samaria. They were to go first and to identify venues, secure hotels and restaurants, arrange meetings with a few key leaders so that everything would go smoothly and efficiently when Jesus and the disciples arrived. It should have been an honor to receive such guests. There should have been a fanfare and crowds and a few intimate meetings with key leaders. Samaria was an outpost, a place that most leaders and celebrities avoided. Jesus and his disciples assumed the Samaritans would drop everything they were doing and eagerly make this a memorable visit. Instead, the Samaritans went about their business. They showed little interest in meeting Jesus or the disciples. They just didn't care that Jesus was coming. Well, this didn't sit well with James and John, and thunder crashes could be heard and electricity filled the air. How dare those Samaritans disrespect Jesus? Is this any way to treat the Son of God? They stomped around and asked Jesus, Do you want us to call down fire from heaven and smite this village? Because we will. Can you guess what Jesus did? Can you imagine his response to the sons of thunder? Remember where we left Derek Sivers? He decided that he was done pushing it as hard as he could, red-faced, huffing it all the way. He rode those same 25 miles on the sand that evening, but in his words, he decided to be a complete snail. His tires hit the path, but he, he couldn't help himself. He tapped his watch. It was the same ride, but this time he loosened his grip on the handlebar. He stood up when he wanted to see over the beach grasses. He gazed upon the ocean and saw dolphins jumping. He watched boats coming in and out of the marina. He looked up to witness the flight of a pelican. It was purely pleasant, he writes. There was no red face, no huffing. And when he got off the trail in his usual place, he looked at his watch. Can you guess the time? Forty-five minutes. It was then that he realized all that intensity, all that stress that he had put into those other rides was basically for nothing. It had bought him two minutes, two minutes, but it had taken away 
all the joy. It left him with agitation. Those two extra minutes left him out of sync and completely oblivious to his surroundings. Silver says, Cyber says he learned a profound lesson that day on the beach, one that has changed him forever, given him a new life. James and John wanted to take matters into their own hands that day as they left Samaria. You might say they wanted to hold tightly onto those handlebars. But as the Gospel Luke reports, Jesus rebukes James and John. And they went on to another village. Rebuke. It's not a word I use frequently, if at all. I had to look it up to make sure that I had the right definition. Rebuke. To speak sternly. To express sharp disapproval. But that's not the full meaning. It also extends an invitation. An invitation to reset. Surely a rebuke reveals a fault, but only so it can be corrected. It's used 14 times in the New Testament, 13 times Jesus is doing the rebuking, calling out someone or someone for getting it wrong, but not in the way that the sons of thunder called out the people of Samaria. Jesus rebukes not to humiliate Not to justify revenge, but to help release control. To lift a roadblock, to open a window, to offer a new way of living. I wonder if there is something you have been trying to take into your own hands. Something that you are Gripping tightly. Something that is taking the joy out of your life and blinding you of all pleasure. Something that leaves you agitated and out of sync with God and with others. Sivers learned on the beach that day that he had to let go. He had to find another pace. Oddly, he had always been two minutes away from that gift. Sometimes that's the short distance between thunder and contentment, between agitation and peace. You know, something happened to John and James, the sons of Zebedee, between the city of Samaria and the beach at the end of the Gospel of John. That's when the risen Lord found James and John with Thomas and Nathaniel and Peter and two other disciples. 
In the city of Samaria, they were just minutes away from taking matters into their own hands. But they were rebuked by Jesus. And they heard an invitation to change. They uncrossed their arms. They released their clenched fists. They found a new pace as they went to the next place with Jesus. They went from 43 to 45. And it changed their lives. And it changed their names forever. In this new year, perhaps you are holding on to something tightly. You are very close to taking matters into your own hands. Perhaps you are giving it all, red-faced, huffing it all the way. Today, in the words of Jesus, his rebuke, those words might be for you. You might be the one receiving an invitation to reset, to add two more minutes to your time. As the rumble of thunder fades, your views will surely change. But that won't be all that will change. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.